Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this. It's Sunday, March 8th, 2015, and you are listening to the Not Half Bad Podcast, the podcast covering St. John's and Rutgers basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Norman of Rumble in the Garden. And I'm Dave of OnTheBanks.com. And the season is coming to an end on one side of the Hudson. The season is coming to to an end with some level of joy. And on the other side of the Hudson, it can't come to an end fast enough. We're going to talk about that. We've got some listener questions. And um, I don't know, maybe we'll we'll touch base on what's happening with Rutgers' uh, internal drama. Oh, yeah, uh, there's a little bit of that. Yeah, a a little bit of that. And uh, some early talk about um, the Big East uh, Player of the Year and uh, who's named on the first team and the glaring snub. Also, St. John's has a new recruit. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of interesting Ooh. things happened, happened this morning. Daylight savings uh, as well, so everybody's a little bit tired. Yes, we are. And before we go on, let me also say that you can find me on Twitter at ecoastbias on uh, Twitter. And you can find Dave at Dave underscore white. Yes. We also have accounts for our respective blogs, Rumble SBN for the Rumble in the Garden. And uh, OTB underscore SB Nation. Okay, yes. Yeah. Right? Is that what it is? So, you know, check our stuff out. Come talk to us. And uh, and also send us any listener questions to nothalfbadpod at gmail.com. And some of you already have, and we appreciate it. Yes, we have. Oh, excuse me. Oh, this daylight savings time. Daylight savings. What the heck? Man. Yeah. So it's been daylight savings for Rutgers pretty much all year, right? Uh, Segway. Ow. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, Rutgers. Um, not not still not haven't won since January fourth. So what happened to them this week? They um, they played Maryland for senior night and lost by ten. Miles um, Mack uh, hit a three from like I don't know Essex County to uh, to tie the game at forty five with about six minutes left, and it looked like maybe they would get some senior night magic, but uh, Des Wells was a beast, and uh, he basically took over the game after that. In fact, I think he went on a personal six zero run um, and just kind of took Rutgers out of it. And then yesterday they went to Michigan, and Michigan hit 14 three-pointers, was up 29 points with about, I guess, 10 minutes to play, and Jordan pulled his starters, and the bench went on a 19-0 run to end the game, and Rutgers lost by 10 again. Now, the 19-0 run was mostly against, like, team managers and, I think, fans who won a contest or something, but... um, (laughs) It's the Big Ten. Those guys can all play. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they pass the ball and they can shoot it. So, kind of depressing. Um, They've lost uh, 14 in a row. Uh, They play Wednesday night in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. I'm not sure if it's official who they play yet, but I believe it's looking like Northwestern. Wednesday night, Northwestern. And the, the Big Ten tournament's in Chicago again, right? Yeah, for this year. Maybe I should go and check it out because I'm sure those those tickets are are are, are going like hotcakes. I'm sure. Yeah, you should. Uh, you should. Uh, yeah, go. Be <laughs> miserable and watch uh, yeah. two miserable teams miserable themselves out. Yeah, it's a seven o'clock game. Um, 
If Rutgers loses that, they'll have lost 15 straight. The team record is 16 uh, straight so losses. The, the goal so it would come to, to find uh, the Monmouthiest Monmouth that they can find and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. in the first game. Yeah, but, you know, when you lose to St. Francis and St. Peter's, who, who knows? Just hey, sad. You, know, you, you might have to bring in Grambling, and even Grambling could take you out. I'm just sad. I'm sad but, for you. But um, we did talk about facilities last week, right? Yeah. Did we talk about last week? And there was some good news. Uh, Keith Sargent, who does uh, the Rutgers reporting for the Star-Ledger, answered some mailbag questions and said that um, all the filibustering by the fans and Lesniak, the politician, um, has gotten things to – what did he say? Let me see. There's actually serious conversations and movement towards improving the basketball program for the first time this decade. Oh, my gosh. So, wow, the power of the fan. Yeah, so let me see if I can read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. Read it. I mean, before, before you go into reading it, I will say – I want to say that um, there are times when, just like in politics, it feels like the fan really doesn't have a voice in these things. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of heartwarming, you know? Yeah. He said – I've also been told that Rutgers AD Julie Herman and company have gained traction on their facilities plan since upgrading the rack became a front page topic in recent weeks. One Rutgers official told me there's serious momentum to support the men's basketball program for the first time this decade. And it's like the best news (laughs) because I fully believe that without the tools, even if Eddie Jordan's not the guy, which he might not be, they haven't played well under him. Um, you won't know that officially until he's, you know, on somewhat equal footing to with the with the rest of the conference in terms of recruiting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I, I, don't, I don't know, and I, I just so they need to unveil a plan, and it'd be nice to find a way to break ground soon. But uh, we'll see if that happens. Yeah, I mean that seems like a long shot, but at least they're they're talking about it, or at least giving some kind of strong lip service to make it seem like they're talking about it. So, you know, that's strong. Are you cynical? Are you being cynical? I'm trying to be optimistic about something. Hey, I'm I'm cynical long about everything. Yada yada. I'm trying. I'm trying to be optimistic about something. It's tough when you lost 14 games in a row. See, people, and Dave, Dave is, uh, is still optimistic. Me, I'm uh, I'm a lifelong cynic. So, you know, oh. I, I could. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I can be cynical about anything. Okay. That that wasn't a test. <laughs> um, so that's good. So yeah, it's just there's nothing to talk about with the Rutgers. Yeah, you know, Miles My, Mack kind of he's just snake bitten. There was an ice storm for senior night, and his parents didn't get there in time for the oh. the ceremony. Oh. Like it's just been that kind of. Oh my God, Rutgers! Yeah, they had to actually do it. Reenact it after the game. Oh my god, that's no. sad. That's that's. It's just. Uh, I just I just want to cry a little. Anybody mind if I just tear up? All right, let's have a moment. Oh, I was in the New York Times talking about Rutgers. That's true. This is true. Yes, Dave. <laughs> Dave is uh, when when Dave says that, that um, the facility talk became front page news and and became a uh, an actual uh, topic of conversation. Yes, what he is neglecting to say is that. Yes, he has been uh, 
his name has popped up in some of these articles. Yeah, well, I am a... You I are a mover a, and a shaker. Yeah. You are an influencer. <laughs> you are a disruptor. Trying. Yes. So, so that's Rutgers. The, it's like a, you could just do like a 30-second update on them. Yeah. Well, that was one of those, 30 seconds. Did, did Rutgers win today websites? Right. Did Rutgers basketball like, win did today? Paul win, Dude. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Have an auto, automatic Twitter. Um, okay, so on the other side, St. John's has a lot more interesting stuff and drama going on. They won at Marquette, uh, cracking the 20 20- one win plat- plateau and um you know it wasn't a pretty win but it was a it was a strong enough win and after the game the guys were all talking about how they had never beaten uh, villanova so you thought coming into the villanova game the fin- i'm sorry <laughs> coming into the, into the villanova game uh, on i didn't Saturday, see the score of that one till late last night you, the one one would have thought that it would have at least been close or you know they would have won but St. John's <laughs> chose to sit Chris Obekpa because he had an ankle tweak from the Marquette game. And they sat Jamal Branch, who's been recovering from a, a groin leg injury. And um, even without them, St. John's was hold, held tight for about the first 16 minutes, 15, 16 minutes. Um, and they led. They came out. They, they, were, they came out like a house on fire. They were up like 16 to 5 at one point. And then Villanova started chipping back, and they stopped, didn't stop chipping until that mountain was like a couple of ice cubes. It was like, you know, ugly as hell. Um, the final score was 105 to 68. The halftime score was 50 to 46, Marquette. Think on that. St. John mm-hmm. scored 22 points and gave up 55 in the second half. They mm-hmm. scored 0.67 points per possession. That's like, you know, one of, you know, I mean, that's like, a Norm Roberts era loss to a good Georgetown team uh, kind of score. Um, and uh, Villanova dropped 1.68 points per possession. All this means that they were just stroking it, you know? And it wasn't even like, they weren't even killing it from outside the arc. They shot 34% outside the, the arc, but inside they shot 77%. Wow. Yeah. That's, um... Which is, I mean, which was a a downgrade from the first half where they shot 11 for 11 from inside the arc, apparently. Damn. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, St. John's whole defense and rotation left a lot of um, open layups. And when I say open layups, I mean, like, like there's a guy standing under the basket. There's nobody else there. And he's like, well, I guess I should put it in. Wow. Wow. I mean, is that, a, is that a harbinger or is that just? I think it's just. I think it's just a game. I think it's partly that they didn't have Chris Obekba, and then they spent a lot of the game scrambling. I think, too, though, that Villanova is really, really good at moving the ball, and the things that St. John's does at times to be um, confusing on defense are. I'm not going to say gimmicky per se, but they work against college players and not necessarily against uh, high-executing college players. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there are certain yeah. kinds of defenses, like uh, like the 2-3 defense, even. Or, like, you know, I'm thinking of Jim Beheim's defense. And we can right. laugh at Beheim later, by the way. Um, <laughs> and their uh, they're, they're heavy, uh, heavy um, uh, sanctions by the NCAA. Um, but even the 2-3 zone, 
people always say that if you execute it properly and you have a forward who can shoot in the middle of the zone, you should be able to defeat it. But college teams don't really have that kind of patience and that kind of skill. Villanova has patience and skill. And against St. John's defense, especially without Chris Obekba, they just found open, gaping wounds. Um, from outside the arc, even, they really had some good opportunities that they didn't knock down. And, and, I, and that was kind of interesting, too. And I think that, you know, that, that, that it makes you realize that, yes, St. John's is going to struggle against Villanova. And Villanova might not be one that I would lock in for a national championship game unless they're just straight up hot all the way through. They need to make their shots because mm-hmm. they get shots. And when they don't, it's not like they have a strong interior post-presence game the way that like Duke does or the way that even Kentucky kind of does. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so... Yeah, St. John's got blasted, but it was the last game. It was the game they weren't expected to win. They were 12-point underdogs. It's whatever, you know? Um, they're still in the 4-5 game in the Big East tournament. Who are they playing? Uh, Providence this Thursday at 2.30 Ooh. p.m. Fox Sports. Um, and uh, that's interesting. You know, they've beaten Providence twice, but it is hard to beat a team three times, as they say. And Dunn is uh, is playing off his Dunn is out of his mind. Right yeah, He's a monster. yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's that's uh, that's going to be interesting. So yeah, I mean, St. John should be in the tournament. Um, they have a chance to make a little run in the um, in the Big East tourney, and uh, they're you know they're in a solid place. You know, there's there's some promise here. Right. Actually, hold on a second. Let's take a moment to. And talk about this Big East tournament. Yeah, let's. Let's. Um, so, uh, first round games are Wednesday night. Uh, Marquette, Seton Hall at 7 p.m. And Creighton versus DePaul at, at uh, 9.30. Excitement all around. I know. I know. These tournaments, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think ever since the breakup of the Big East, because I think the Big East tournament is the standard bearer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, and it could be because Rutgers is also really bad, but I'm just not feeling conference tournaments the oh, past two so years. Fun, man. The I know they usually are, alone. but I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm really down. Yeah, you gotta watch. <laughs> what you needed to do is watch a little bit of the Missouri Valley tournament, though. Avoid the commercials because they make you feel like, um, like you're in a really small town. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> they're they're very regional commercials. Um, yeah. But watching, um, who did Illinois, oh, Illinois State and uh, Evansville, that game was really pretty good. There wasn't a ton of skill. There were definitely shots and defenses there where you were like, I'm very sure that a major conference foe would take that and just yam it on somebody, you know? But there was a lot of just smart play, good play at the end, um, some pretty solid big men just, you know, battling it out. It's a lot of fun. You know, watching. I watched North Florida the other day. Uh, I forget who they played in their first round game. There, there's a there's a lot of good basketball out there. You gotta you gotta watch it. That's this is the well, time where where the the you know guys who never get to be on TV know that they're on TV and they're playing like it. You know. Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff, and I'm sure once it really gets going, I'll I'll be into it. Yeah. Um, but right now, like some of these matchups, man, like Creighton DePaul, I guess it could be okay. You're just gonna see a lot of three pointers. 
Yeah, just I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, just, I mean, Seton Hall too is like Seton Hall's in a weird place right now where it's kind of like a ugly dumpster fire, and Marquette is obviously undersized and obviously outmanned, and they try. Yeah. But watching them against St. John's, it's like they did everything right, and they didn't have enough to to take out St. John's, a team that also doesn't have that many players. So it's like. Right. Eh. It's hard to get really jazzed about any of those four first-round games. But then, you know, last year, was it last year that DePaul knocked off Georgetown? Things like that happen. Well, there was a year that DePaul went, I mean, this is going back to the second heyday of the Big East, but when DePaul went 0-18 oh or 0-18, oh and, and then, yeah, they and then um, who'd they beat? They knocked off somebody. That guy went off from three. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It happens. <laughs> no, I mean, really. It, it, no, I it doesn't matter. It's just one of those, like, wow, well, look at that. Right. So, yeah, you know, conference tournaments are always, you know, fun, you know, for a lot of these guys. It's their last chance that they can play. So, yeah, they're, they're entertaining. So, yeah, the, but the first time of the biggest tournament doesn't look, you know, particularly strong. But that second day, you know, mm. basically everybody on the second day should be in the NCAA tournament. They beat Cincinnati. What? They beat oh. Cincinnati. Oh, well, Sorry. yeah. <laughs> My Google took a while there. Oof. But yeah, so everybody on that second day, on the Thursday of the tournament, should be in the NCAA tournament, which is, you know, kind of exciting. You know, you can, it's like a little preview, though, I think for Xavier playing the 9.30 p.m. game, mm-hmm. I think that just to be safe, they might want to beat Butler. Just to be safe. Yeah. Just to be safe. I think they're in. Mm. But man, I think that that you team needs never, some momentum. Right now, they just don't look very good. Right. It's yeah. I, I know what you mean. I don't. That's the fun part. Like when, the, like what Northern Illinois is doing today. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, if they, uh, Illinois, State. Illinois State. Sorry. Um, what they're doing today? If they steal a bid, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. from then those somebody teams else. Like Xavier have to, you know, start uh, start playing, you know, yeah. worrying a little bit, you know. Like Murray State. Yeah. Loses. Wow. That was trouble. Man, Murray State, that game was crazy. Did you see any of that? No. It was really fun. Uh, Moorhead State was up on them like 11, I think, late in the second half. Mm-hmm. And Murray State's campaign just – his name is Campaign. What a great name. Um, <laughs> Cameron Payne just like carried and tugged and pulled. And at the end, he hit this unrealistic moving to his right, shooting to the left – Three pointer to give them the lead. It was like I it was like, wh- what was that? Or, or or was it to to salt away the lead? Whatever it was. But in the waning seconds, like you know, he's moving to his right. He's going around the around the the edge, like to the corner, and then he just stops, pops, and shoots. And you're like, what what was that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, that that is the fun part. I just forgive me, listeners. <laughs> Please forgive him. We're going to get him right by next week. 14 we losses in a row wears you down, man. Just forget, forget about Rutgers as a, as, as a basketball team. Think of them now as an anthropological journey. That works. I, I mean, I have preseason baseball on. That's where I am right now. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, so, so biggest tournament. Um, yeah. St. John's has, uh, the two thirty game against Providence, they would face mm. Villanova on uh, oh, Friday night at seven p.m. Not the matchup you quite want, but no. 
I, who knows? Maybe with Chris Obekpa, they, they can really believe Chris Obekpa and Jamal Branch. I think that they can hang with Villanova and maybe they can win, especially mm-hmm. if, if Villanova decides that they want to rest some guys and, you know, save, uh, save it for the NCAA tournament. That's They're, not the Jay Wright way, though. It's not. But I think every coach or, or every or every team, there's a point where, you know, the level of importance is just a little bit below, like, DEFCON, I got to do this, you yeah. know? This is, again, Not Half Bad, the podcast covering Rutgers and St. John's basketball, or really St. John's basketball and the anthropological, uh, the, 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 the historical dig that is, uh, that is Rutgers basketball. Can we call it a historical dig? Historical dig? Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe if they actually start digging, we'll see things uh, uh, improve. Hey, look, it's Jimmy Hoffa! <laughs> Nobody makes Jimmy uh, Hoffa jokes anymore. Uh, no, it's because they didn't find the body when they built the new giant stadium. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for St. John's, uh, a couple of other bits of news. Um, uh, word is that the, on the Big East first, all Big East first team, there are two Villanova players, Darren Hilliard and Ryan Archidiakono. Easy for you to which I find interesting. And um, there's D'Angelo Harrison, there's Chris Dunn, and there's no Sir Dominic Pointer, which I think all St. John's fans find a little egregious because he has, at least for the second half of the Big East season, been possibly, I mean, he's been the best player on St. John's and maybe one of the best in the league. He's just disruptive. So, you know, that's, that's an egregious oops. By Aww. the uh, by, by the, the the coaches. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, you you should be. You know, <laughs> apologize right now. I, I would have voted for him. Good, good. He's That's a what knight. I want to hear. He is a knight. He is a Jedi. <laughs> um. In other news, St. John's also has a new basketball recruit. Yeah, There's so, another guard, right? Yeah, a guard called uh, Sammy Barnes Tompkins from um, Phoenix or you know, from Arizona. Uh, he's mm-hmm. played at a, a school called Sunny Slope High, which I think is fantastic. Um, he has uh, he had interest from Iowa State, USC, uh, California, um, and I guess some other some other schools. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a guard. Like uh, Samir Doty and Brandon Sampson, uh, don't sure sh- not not sure quite where he'll fit because he, like the other guards, is not quite a point guard, more of a shooter. Uh, from the uh, New York Post, because I don't know much about this guy, I got to ask around a little bit. Um, from Josh Gershon of uh, Scout Hoops, there's. Um, uh, Gershon says he's an undersized two guard who scores the ball at all three levels. Good shooter from long distance. Uh, he's ball dominant and tends to horse jump jumpers, uh, capable of making shots good enough to play some point guard, but his scoring ability is his strength. So I don't know. Well, that helps. <clears throat> you, I, I think, was it Zach Braziller tweeted earlier this week that they're looking to, to get like four guards and a big man. 
Yeah, something like that. And I would assume that they're going to get more than that because, or I would hope that they were going to get more than that because that's still, I mean, it's an interesting team next year. It has no point guard so mm-hmm. far, uh, unless one of these guys is going to be remade into a point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, or unless they get uh, Federico Mussini from, uh, from Italy or Thomas Acchiazzili from uh, uh, Belgium. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, one, one wants to see another point guard in the, in the fold. But you know, yeah. maybe, maybe Lavin likes his combo guards. He likes his guards to attack, after all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's those two international players. There's a big Greek man that they're looking at. at. There's Shik Diallo. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some players out there. It's interesting, mm-hmm. though. I mean, th- these aren't, you know, it's not like the same level of player who came in uh, back in 2011. But maybe, you know, with Brandon Sampson as the as the core, uh, these guys can be good role players around them. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Um, you know, you could develop. It's, it's okay to develop, guys. This is true. This is very true. It just means so, that next year is going to be an extreme building year, and then we'll see what comes out of uh, what comes out of the uh, of this recruiting class. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Samson will help you, and if Jordan sticks around, which I don't think he will, but you never know. Nah, I, I'm hearing eh, probably not. You know? Right. Uh, who knows? So. Maybe Chris Obeckler will stick around. I don't think that he will either, but. I don't know. I mean, it would behoove both of them to stick around, but I can see Jordan making a case for himself down the stretch um, this uh, this season. Obeka yeah. hasn't quite done the same. You know, he's you know an okay rebounder. He's uh, a decent shot blocker, but he's also a little short. So, hmm, you know. Right. But, so there's that. Um, yeah. And then we have some uh, some listener questions as well. <laughs> oh my God, they're coming in like crazy for Rutgers all of a sudden. Yeah, that's why I was. That's why children. I was laughing. <laughs> so all right, let's do the let's do the 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 questions that we got earlier first, and then we'll do the our, our most recent questions, including the joke ones. Okay. Okay, from Mark uh, M Nickel seventy four. Mark. With SJU's thin lineup, is a run in the Big East tournament realistic with no off days between games? And yes, I'm using a voice for for each of the uh, for each of the the, the asked questions. Okay, um, I can go with that. So, okay, thin lineup is a Big East tournament realistic uh, run realistic? Um, a run is realistic. Winning yeah, I, it is a little less so. I don't think the thin lineup is the problem as much as the. Um matchup yeah you know that Villanova looming I know you just tried to make a case for it but but I I just think that's that's tougher than you know oh because teams have made you know gotten hot like like with thin lineups before you know just Mm -hmm. think of Shabazz Napier yeah so or the other guy the other point guard they had who did the same thing but no Years before. Oh, Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. That was a thin team, that Kemba Walker team. Yeah. But so, they had enough talent in, in the right spaces. So Yeah. And I feel so. like St. John's is really a six-man team with uh, with uh, Amar Alabegovic grabbing some minutes and Joey De La Rosa throwing some bows. Right. Do, 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 do. So, yeah, you know, that's um, – I can see them making a run. I don't – I mean, I think actually getting past Providence will be hard. I think that Providence will feel like they have really something to prove. 
Right. And I'm surprised that St. John's handled them fairly well in the in those two games. Right. I don't know. Maybe you know St. John's is just good at disrupting them, and they might be. Uh, Villanova is also beatable. It could happen. No, it's not going to happen. But uh, that's a that's a heck of a gauntlet for St. John's to go through, is all. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's the that's the first question. Uh, all right. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Survey says <laughs> nothing. Um, no. nah. Next question. Uh, from Chris STJ one twenty eight, what is your opinion? <clears throat> what is your opinion on St. John's recruiting so far for for the twenty fifteen class? Our targets and the commit so far. Well, opinion. I, and I was touching on this earlier, and when talking about uh, Sammy uh, Barnes Tompkins, I keep wanting to call him Tompkins Barnes, and I don't know why. Um, eh, honestly, my true opinion is. It's going to be a long year next year, and uh, there are definitely some guys that it's not like you know they're taking flyers on them, but they're guys who need to develop uh, under Steve Lavin. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be interesting. I think there could be a really fascinating team in there. You know, maybe Lavin's developed a really good si- a really good eye for under the radar talent, or maybe you know Tony Childs and Rico Hines have a really good eye for you know shot making talent. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's interesting right now. You know, I think they definitely need to get at least one more big man, preferably two, uh, because right now, Christian Jones, Amar Alabegovich, and uh, Joey De La Rosa don't look like guys who are going to be uh, the difference makers you need offensively or defensively in the post. Not yet, anyway. Um, and I think it'll be interesting just to see what it is they come out with and how they end up playing. You know, who's going to be the impact player that reshapes the game in the way that Chris Abekpa does or in the way that uh, Rishi Jordan does at times or that Sir Dominic Pointer does or that uh, D'Angelo Harrison does. Yeah, well, I mean, if these guys buy in and, and play a team game, it could be a long year, but they could still knock someone, you know, uh, knock a couple of teams off. I don't. I don't think it's an awful recruiting class. The more shooters you have, is the better. It's true. That's true. Assuming that they can get their shots off at this level, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Marcus Lavette is another is another name that uh, St. John's is after. There's questions about whether he's going to uh, be eligible or not. But that's a guy who you know can definitely get hot and carry a team. However, it kind of feels like there are a few guys who can get hot and carry a team. And when you have too many of those guys. You know, that's some work to get them to mesh. But if you can, then you have, you know, three, four dynamic guys who can learn how to play off of each other. Yep. All right, yep. third question. All right, third question, number three. Number three, from Dan Tran, uh, from email. Um, Ooh, an email question. Yes, first Ooh. question. Were you surprised by the turnaround St. John's made during the season? No. Yes. Next question. No. Next yes. Question. No. Don't make me whack you back in, you mole. Um, no, I mean, I think St. John's is, for one, the way they opened the season was pretty impressive and was really about a, a bunch of guys buying in where maybe some guys didn't buy in last year. And the way they fell apart was also kind of fascinating. It was it spoke to depth, but it also was a team that suddenly forgot how to play effective defense and couldn't get their right shots uh, up. And then the late season turnaround was 
powered a lot by offense. Like it's one of this is one of the best shooting teams in the Big East, and nobody would have predicted that last year. Um, and Sir Dominic Pointer, which is also very exciting. So yeah, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm I I just think that seniors. I mean, I'm surprised because they're not that deep. And I think before the season, I didn't think they would play that well. But um, w- once I kind of saw them get hot earlier, I'm not surprised they got it back together late in the season, which yeah. is what I the question meant. They have a lot, lot of a, a lot of experience, and that and that does yeah. make sense that they would be able to put that together. And they've got some really talented guys, you know, guys who were top 100, top 50 players, you know. Yeah. Um, the second question: Who are your picks for conference player and coach of the year for the Big East and Big Ten conference? Let's do the Big Ten. All right, Big Ten. Uh, coach of the year. I, I think it's got to be uh, uh, Turgeon. Not Eddie Jordan for not quitting? I think it's got to be Turgeon. Okay. Uh, Maryland, uh-huh. because, uh, you know, he really cleaned up that team, and, and it was kind of his last shot, you know, the way they were they were uh, previewing talking about the team, him, yeah. talking yeah. about him. So the fact that he got them to turn around and, and play the way they did I think he's got to be uh, one of the guys who are in the running. Um, if Michigan had kept up after Levert got hurt, um, had kept it up, I think they won two in a row, like right after he got hurt. If they had kept it up, I would have said Beeline because I think he's the best X's and O's guy in the in the country. But um, no, I think you got to go Mark Turgeon. Okay. And what right. about um, what about uh, Player of the Year? I don't know. I guess Kaminsky. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, he's a pretty good player. So, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I'd go him. I, I I think he's probably the best player in the conference. Um, rookie of the year, I think you could go Mellow Tremble for Maryland. Ooh, good one. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so for for St. John's, I would say. You mean the Big East? I mean for the Big East, sorry. I would Big say for East. conference player of the year, I think I'm going to say Chris Dunn, just because he is a dynamo. He is. Um, singularly sublime. Um, And the thing is, I want to say that one of the Villanova players should be player of the year, but I feel like they cancel each other out. You know, you've got Darren Hilliard who scores pretty well and can make shots, but he gets to play off of a Chefu and um, Leonard Sidiakono and uh, Javon Pinkston, who've all been really fantastic. Mm -hmm. Part of me wants to say a Chefu, but you know, maybe I've only seen him against St. John's where he's just like, or I'm just like, what is that? That is like the best big man in the, in the, uh, in the league. And, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like the the Villanova guys are, are canceling each other out and it's unfortunate. I'm looking right now at the all big East first and second team, the official ones that are going to be, or that are being named. And, uh, again, only our city and, uh, Hilliard made it to the big East first team. And, Honorable mentions were Oshefu and, uh, and and Pinkston, which is crazy. Daniel Oshefu has been was awesome. I think he's definitely been be- better than Matt Stainbrook, who's on the second team. And uh, I mean, yeah, he probably belongs to belongs on the first team, which is like all guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And coach. Oh, coach of the year, Jay Wright. Easy, easy. Yeah, easy, he's always easy. right. I mean, that team is a <clears throat> monster. Yeah, he put a he he really put together a good team. Yeah, you can't you can cannot mess with that. Though Chris Holtman definitely gets strong consideration because I'm still not I still don't think Butler's very good. Right, right. 
at all. Like I, I don't see how they do this, but they do it. I agree. All right, so that that's that question. Thank you, Dan. Sure. And right. let's see. We've got a bunch more questions uh, from from the Twitters. Yeah. Uh, Drew's view, Andrew, um, asks uh, about what 81 minus 70 is because I cannot add or subtract. We're going to leave that question alone. Um, Produce Pete. Who's Produce Pete? Produce Pete is is the best. He's he's on uh, Today in New York, and he talks about produce, and he's very New Jersey. Good morning. And he always says, good morning, today I'm talking, and yesterday was Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brussels sprouts are kind of good when, when, yeah. when, when, when you get into them. Yeah. All right, next question. Which happens first, Rutgers makes the NCAA tournament or St. John's makes the final four? St. John's has a better shot. I mean, they're in it this year. <laughs> I say Rutgers makes the NCAA tournament. Really? Whoa! Now I'm not. That's not throwing shade at St. John's. That's simply to say making a Final Four is really, really, really hard. And if you look every year at the teams that make a Final Four, it's all the same suspects. And then the occasional Butler once in a while. I mean, UConn's gone enough that we can put them into usual suspects. Um, but really, it's a usual suspects kind of thing. There's like ten, fifteen teams yeah. that make the Final Four. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's hard to say, but, you know, I don't see, you know, when St. John's is going to, uh, is going to get there next. That's a really hard, I mean, again, no shade, but that's just the structure of the game. Yeah. All Uh, right. Next. As a Rutgers fan, should I buy my tickets for both games of the final four or just assume the second? Oh, no, which one? (laughs) Uh, well, if you want to go, you got to buy both games. Good. There you go. <laughs> As a Rutgers student, should I be a Duke or a UNC fan? <laughs> you can't root for Duke. Probably there you can't go. Root for UNC either. We can't root for Duke. They stole Dante Jones from us. Yes. There we go. UNC fan. And then the last question from Dasfro. Uh, when does football season start? Boo! Drives the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's in the fall. All right. Yeah, maybe not in August? Whatever. <laughs> Football. Um, and one last question. Oh, there, well, you skipped one. Oh, it was just to me. Sorry. When Rutgers hired Eddie Jordan, there was talk, a lot of talk about the healing process. Do you think Rutgers has healed itself from the Rice scandal? Uh, Heal the world. That's, that's, <laughs> that's from our hoops recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, I think the minute... Miles Mack, Kadeem Jack, and Malik Kone are not on the team because of, you know, season's over and they're seniors. I think that's when the Mike Rice thing is officially over in my head. There's only one player left, Greg Lewis, who uh, was redshirted. And uh, I would say it's officially over because Miles Mack and Kadeem Jack were the headlines of that big recruiting class mm-hmm. Rice put in. So I think that's when the Mike Rice era and the scandal and everything is, is over. Um, as far as healing, I don't know. It's the same thing. Once the guys who weren't involved aren't there anymore, then it's, you can't lean on that. All right. Good, good answer. Um, my take, by the way, it would be um, 
the healing part is is interesting, and I was thinking about it this uh, morning. You know, just thinking towards a podcast and thinking about Mike Rice and thinking about where Rutgers is in terms of uh, uh, you know their current uh, administration. And I think it's going to be a while. I think it's going to be longer than just this this cycle because the Mike Rice scandal and, and because the administration didn't take it maybe as seriously as they should have, or, you know, there's the extortion part of it or whatever, um, that got Tim Pernetti fired. And Tim Pernetti was doing a really good job with Rutgers, it seemed. You know, he seemed yeah. to have things going in a really good direction. And yeah. I think... Norman is saying this, not Dave, Norman, because I know people get upset when people talk about Pernetti. Wait, they do? Oh, Just know people get upset because the Pernetti era is over. Forget about Pernetti. No. Norman is saying this, not Dave. Man, I'm sorry if I just started a flame war with somebody. <laughs> I'm an outsider, man. I'm just looking at this from anyhow. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just seemed like Pernetti had some good ideas, and he fell on a sword for decisions that didn't seem like they were entirely his. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, no, don't don't answer that, Dave. Don't answer that. Oh, and- sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm out here on my own limb. I'm out here on the on the the, the edge of the diving board, just like talking Pernetti. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like he fell on the sword for things that maybe were I don't know. Was was Barchi there? Wasn't Barchi the the? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know that were other people's fault. So I don't know. And I think that has bigger ramifications in the way that for St. John's when uh, you know the the falsely accused rape scandal happened back in, uh, you know, after Jarvis left, that the impact of that and of Mike Jarvis wasn't just, it just didn't just end after he left. It had a long tail because the administration chose to, or they didn't really have the money to pay for a, a better coach. And they wanted a guy to quote unquote, clean up the program. And they wanted things done a certain way. And that really held St. John's back, I think, um, a couple of years. You know, not you know, they might have made the same decision of coaches, but you know, it was weird to hire a neophyte uh, recruiting coach without a lot of backing, without a lot of money, and going against the Jim Beheims and Jim Calhouns of the world. I thought that was it was a real step back in what they had done. Yeah, uh, from like Priscilla and and Mike Jarvis, you know the kind of coaches that they had hired and the kind of goals that they would set for or the team had set for themselves. And then you know there were guys who were expelled, and I think that was probably the right decision. But and there was rhetoric that was thrown out there. There were just a lot of things around that period of St. John's that really kind of undercut uh, the basketball program. And I think that that's the same thing with Rutgers right now. That there's a whole bunch of other there's a lot of chum in the water that doesn't allow Rutgers basketball to step, well, not back up, or to step up at all. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's why I'm fighting so hard and making a big deal uh, about uh, facilities. I yeah. think they need to show that they, they are re- going to fix this. You know, I've, I've talked about it before, that whole drives the bus thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, football is the most important sport at Rutgers, but if you don't even pay mind to basketball, then you get stuff like – Mike Rice. You know what I mean? I guess. Because, uh, I mean, it, it seemed yeah. like hiring Mike Rice, though, was, was an attempt to, you know, really compete. Yeah, but the, if they had um, invested in the program, um, there were better options out there. For instance, they could have fired Fred Hill 
right after the season was over instead of waiting for him to run out onto a baseball field and swear at umpires. This is true. This you, is true. you know, that yeah. that's kind of, so it's kind of like we'll do it on the cheap, we'll do it on the cheap. Yeah, we'll try to get a young, energetic guy in here, and it backfired on him. Yeah. So so I think you have to pay mind to the program. Um, it doesn't even have to, have to be. You have to make moves at the right time. I think that's a, yeah. that is another thing that people don't seem to – don't realize. You know, when yeah. you make a – a mid-season move, you, you know, you're, you're, you're saying something about the basketball program and about the priorities and about how serious you are about doing things the way that others are doing it, you know, and I'm thinking of, you know, Mike Jarvis back then, not that anybody wanted to see him stay one more day, but, right. you know, and, and yeah, that's also the problem with like things like winning the NIT, you're just sort of like, well, crap, we got to bring him back, you know? Yeah. Anyhow, and we have one more question. Aside from not having another scandal, what has EJ done in two years to show he can turn this around? They beat Wisconsin. That, that's, that's what you're going to hang your hat on, is they beat Wisconsin. All right. Uh, they beat Wisconsin, and he won with the Wizards. <laughs> All right. At Washington. Right now, I mean, you're on a 14-game losing streak. What what more can I say? With a, with he, a team that doesn't really have a lot of talent. Right. I mean, if he lands, he's got one more definite, one more open scholarship. So if he lands an impact recruit, you know, um, this this that, that'll, that'll give people some hope too. But, you know, for right now, he's selling that he beat the number four team in the, the country. All right. What do you think? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, for one, the the whole, like, you know, he won with the Wizards makes makes me think of, uh, what was his name, Bob Hill, when he was at Fordham? Because that yeah. guy was a competent enough NBA coach, and me was just terrible, terrible <sighs> college coach. But he didn't win, like, two games one year, four games another with, with um, 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 God, shirtless, what's his name? Um, Smush Parker. Wow, I blinked on his name. And sorry, I called him shirtless because... Um, a friend at Fordham at the time had a story about how he came to a tutoring session shirtless. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> hey, 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 with the questions, people. <laughs> your, your, our, our Hoops Recruiting asks, what comes first, winning or the recruits? Uh, the age-old question. At this point with Rutgers, it's... it's, it's... The recruits. No. You think it's the winning? They're going to have to if, – unless they are serious and do build a, 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 a practice facility and show some big-time recruits that they can win here, they're going to have to win on a miracle season. This is – Not Half Bad. It is a podcast. About Rutgers and – St. John's. Basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, I'm Dave. I cover Rutgers for On the Banks. And I'm um, Norman. I'm, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm just, and I'm sad. And he's sad. I'm Norman. I cover St. John's for Rumble in the Garden. Uh, we love your comments on the site, and we love your comments on the Twitter. So reach out to us or send us user questions. Not half bad pod at Gmail for the emails. And uh, if you want to tweet at us, tweet at EcoastBias or at Dave underscore White. Well, hopefully uh, we'll see you next week. We'll be able to pre- uh, preview the NCAA tournament. 
Yes, and uh, and uh, congratulations to D'Angelo Harrison and uh, Sir Dominic Pointer, named respectively to the Big East first and second team. And yeah, next week we're hoping that we can talk a whole lot of NCAA tournament. It might get a little slap happy. I warn you. Yes. All right. Oh, and my book is out. Don't forget, not even past uh, Jackson Dunn Thriller. It's Word. doing well. So uh, check it out. Word. Word. All right. Uh, you guys, everybody, have a good week. Stay safe. Uh, enjoy the in- the increasing warmth. And uh, we'll get back with you next week. 